This message comes from NPR sponsor Carvana. With thousands of options under $20,000, plus customizable financing terms and down payments as low as $0 down, it's easy to find a car that fits your lifestyle. Visit Carvana.com or download the app today. Terms and conditions may apply. Hi, this is Katie in Alexandria, Virginia. And I'm here hanging out with my baby who just got his four-month shots. He's not very happy about it. (laughs) This podcast was recorded at... 1.05 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. Things may have changed by the time you hear it, but hopefully we'll all be in a better mood. Here's the show. Aw, hopefully he'll take a nap, too. Way to stay healthy, though. Hey there, it's the NPR Politics Podcast. I'm Sarah McCammon. I cover the presidential campaign. I'm Deirdre Walsh. I cover Congress. And I'm Ron Elving, editor-correspondent. Impeachment has often been a political tool, but now House Republicans are using it in a new way, taking aim at a Biden administration official who's responsible for border security, which is an issue they want to be front and center in the 2024 campaign. They're trying to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. We cannot allow this man to remain in office any longer. The time for accountability is now. That is Tennessee Congressman Mark Green, chairman of the Homeland Security Committee in the House. So, Deirdre, first of all, what are Republicans accusing Mayorkas of? How did this all get started? Well, they released an impeachment resolution that charges Secretary Mayorkas with two articles of impeachment. One is willfully ignoring the law. Two is breach of trust. It was an all-day hearing where they went back and forth over a lot of political trash talk. They approved that resolution on a party line, and now it heads to the House floor, where I should say House Speaker Mike Johnson has a very slim majority, and there still are a couple of House Republicans who have not committed to impeaching Mayorkas, so we're keeping an eye on that, but it's it's very likely that the House could pass this in a party line vote and send it to the Senate, where there would be a trial, but again, Mayorkas is unlikely to be convicted and removed by the Democratic Senate. But I mean, this really started when House Republicans took control of the House of Representatives after the midterm elections. The Republican base immediately pushed for impeachment of multiple Biden administration officials, Secretary Mayorkas, Attorney General Garland, and of course, President Biden. Of course, we hear impeachment, we often think of presidential impeachment efforts. But Ron, you know, has this ever happened before, targeting a cabinet member over an issue like this? Sure, sure. 1876. Guy's name, <laughs> I knew you would know. <laughs> guy's name was William Belknap, and he was pretty utterly corrupt. Uh, he was the Secretary of War in 1876, and, and he was selling the right to sell various and sundry kinds of materials on military installations, military posts. Very lucrative business, apparently. And he'd already been driven to resign. But there was a big debate over whether or not that was good enough. The the House wanted to make sure that they kicked him on his way out the door so that they had kicked him out the door. And um, his resignation was debated, but they decided it wasn't really a bar to impeaching him. So they did. But that that's the last time that the House has impeached a cabinet secretary. Mostly impeachment has been used, of course, famously for a few presidents, all of whom were acquitted in the Senate. There might have been something different for Richard Nixon, but he resigned before he could actually be impeached by the House. And then um, 
there have been a number of federal judges who have been accused of corruption, and eight of them have actually been removed. That's the total history of it back to the beginning of the republic. And Ron, what are the kinds of crimes that are considered impeachable offenses? Constitution's a little bit vague on this. It says high crimes, and then it says misdemeanors. So we have had endless arguments over the years about what was a misdemeanor in 1787 and what we think of as a misdemeanor today, which is to say a minor crime. High crime and minor crime don't seem to belong in the same thought, but that's what we have from the Constitution. So that has been greatly debated, certainly in the Clinton case, uh, because that was largely about an affair he had with a White House intern. So they focused on the misleading testimony he had given to a grand jury about that affair. So, you know, it, there was there was a lot of back and forth about what was a high crime in that instance as well. And that has been true in the case of a number of the judges who have been impeached and then tried and acquitted in the Senate. As Deirdre mentioned, Republicans have also tried to bring impeachment proceedings against President Biden. Why is Mayorkas the target and why now? You have to say that the historical lesson is that impeachment bounces back. And the experience that Congress had particularly in impeaching Bill Clinton uh, back in 1998, they were in the process of impeaching him when they had a midterm election. The Republicans were expecting to pick up 2025 seats. Instead, they lost seats, and it was widely attributed to the unpopularity of the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Now, they went ahead and did it anyway, and then he was acquitted in the Senate, as everyone knew he would be. And that really resulted in some of the best months of Bill Clinton's presidency because he just went up and up and up in the polls, up over 60 percent, imagine that. And so that memory is still present for a lot of Republicans. Also, it didn't seem to do the Democrats much good to impeach Donald Trump, at least not the first time, and uh, didn't seem to do them much good at all. In, in, eventually, he was not reelected, but it didn't do much for the House Democrats. In terms of the timing now, I, I think it also has a lot to do with the issue of border security. It has become really the flashpoint of the 2024 presidential campaign, and it's really becoming a top-tier issue in the campaign for both the House and the Senate in 2024. The House Speaker has made it clear it's his top priority. In terms of the debate yesterday, going back to Ron talking about this impeachment 150 years ago, I mean, Democrats pointed out over many hours that the Mayorkas charges aren't really about any sort of criminal issue. It's really about a policy difference. And no administration official has ever been impeached over a difference in policy. And really, if you want to go after the Biden administration for not, if you don't agree with their immigration policy, that's what an election is for. That's what a piece of legislation is for. And we heard that at the very top and throughout the hearing yesterday, most notably from the top Democrat on the panel, Benny Thompson of Mississippi. They don't want progress. They don't want solutions. They want a political issue. And most of all, they want to please their disgraced former president. House Republicans take their marching orders from Donald Trump. Just to say that Mayorkas is not exactly what you'd call a household name in America, but he does have responsibility as Secretary of Homeland Security for the border. Now, you've got people coming 
from all directions, Michael Chertoff, who was the Homeland Security Director under George W. Bush, to say, look, this guy's just enforcing what Congress passes as the law. He's just doing what he's supposed to do, and everybody can see that this is just a political maneuver. Michael Chertoff, as I say, served in a Republican administration, is former federal judge, seen as a conservative voice on, on issues. So this, this has been widely recognized for what it is. And I've even heard that run from Senate Republicans who are saying the policy isn't going to change. You can get rid of Mayorkas, but President Biden is still going to be the president. So I think a lot of them think that this is sort of a waste of time. If it ends up coming to the Senate, it obviously is in their court, but they know it's not going anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. On It's Been a Minute, we're keeping you in the know when it comes to culture. I break down the latest trends and the forces behind them and introduce you to the creatives who think deeply about how we live today. Come for some good old cultural analysis and have a few laughs with me. Listen to the It's Been a Minute podcast from NPR. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at LifeKit, we want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. And we're back. You know, Deirdre, we talk a lot about dysfunction in Congress, Congress's inability to get things done. A constant theme. Yes. <laughs> How do these impeachment proceedings against Mayorkas affect the ability of Congress to move legislation? I mean, I I think at the end of the day, it's political messaging effort. House Republicans are responding to the Republican base who really wants them to do this. House Republicans are having a really hard time passing basic bills, right, to avoid a shutdown, to dodge a possible default. There are some examples. The House is voting today on a bipartisan tax bill that includes a modified child tax credit, similar to the one that a lot of families credit as uh, helping them during the COVID era and could significantly impact a lot of families, especially low-income families. But overall, I mean, I think this sort of adds to the election year theater of everyone knows this isn't going anywhere in a Democratic Senate where it becomes a privilege resolution, meaning the Senate has to set aside other business and launch a trial of Secretary Mayorkas. So it does impact the Senate's agenda in terms of their efforts to pass a bipartisan border bill, which deals with a lot of the issues that Republicans argue is in the middle of a border crisis right now. Democrats kept arguing over and over again yesterday that that should be the focus, right? Like, They weren't defending the president's record on the border, but they were saying we all care about it and we should work together on a solution as opposed to scapegoating the top administration official who's trying to enforce the law the best that he can. So we've said this is likely not going anywhere in reality. 
if it were to get to the Senate. But what are the larger implications of this impeachment process? I mean, does this set any kind of precedent for the future? It depends on how it sorts out. I suspect that if this is as much of a dud in the Senate as it appears it will be, and by the way, in the Senate, you need two-thirds to convict. Uh, The Republicans don't even have a majority, and they couldn't get it done with Bill Clinton when they did. So this is simply not going anywhere at all and will be dealt with as, as expeditiously as the Senate possibly can. That will be something, I think, of an embarrassment for the House, maybe not as much as if they couldn't actually pass it. Uh, but, I, but I suspect that Deirdre is right and that actually Mike Johnson will be able to get it over the wall and send it to the Senate. And then it will be some kind of a distraction, but mostly a dud. So does this become in the future a kind of touchstone where people can say, oh, well, you're going to pull a Mayorkas on this and that's no substitute for actually making policy? That's possible. Or I suppose it could become a precedent for an unhappy House to pick on a cabinet secretary anytime it's unhappy on any issue. And this could just become another feature in the weaponization of congressional procedure. Ron, I do agree with you on that. I think that we've seen the weaponization of procedure and the weaponization of different tools under this House Republican majority over the last year or so, right? I mean, people get unhappy about what a lawmaker says on the other sides of the aisle. They go to the floor and they try to pass a censure resolution, right? This is just political differences, right? But they're trying to use the rules to sort of attack back and forth. And I do think it's possible, right? There are other Biden administration officials who they're not happy with. The Attorney General Merrick Garland is one that comes up over and over again. They could decide they want to impeach him. House Republicans right now have not provided any evidence that President Biden benefited financially at all from his son Hunter Biden's business dealings, which is the center of their impeachment inquiry against President Biden now. So as that investigation is sort of in this period where they don't have much to move any sort of evidence-based impeachment, they could just sort of go through more of these more sort of lower tier political attacks that, you know, aren't really moving the ball forward, but are showing their base that they're paying attention to their criticism of top Biden administration officials. You know, and I have one more question about the politics of that. I mean, it sounds like red meat for the Republican base. Potentially, it's something we've said that Republicans want to make an issue in the 2024 campaign. We've certainly heard former President Trump talking about it. What about congressional races, Deirdre? I mean, is this something that Um, members of Congress can run on, can take back home. I mean, I think in solid red districts, this is an issue where safe Republicans go home and say, we listened to you, we did what you wanted to the base. I think for those swing district Republicans, there is a risk that this issue, especially since it's not going anywhere in the Senate, trips up their ability to say, hey, House Republicans can govern. Look what we got done. On the flip side, the border issue is a very real political weak spot for President Biden and for Democrats in the 2024 campaign. So a a lot of independent voters aren't happy with what's happening. And we're seeing sort of the fallout in places around the country, cities like Denver, cities like Chicago and New York, where people are seeing around those regions, it's suburban districts that are a lot of the swing districts for the House, at least, that this could be an issue that puts some Democrats on the defense. Certainly something I heard about a lot, you know, for example, in New Hampshire, far away from the U.S.-Mexico border when I was talking to Republicans there. So an issue that is clearly not going away. 
We're going to leave it there. I'm Sarah McCammon. I cover the presidential campaign. I'm Deirdre Walsh. I cover Congress. And I'm Ron Elving, editor correspondent. Thank you for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast. There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we have very important people on our show and then ask them about very unimportant things. Here's U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Uh, we are also reliably informed that among your enthusiasms, in addition to macroeconomic policy, is mobile games. Uh, there is some truth in that. There's some truth in that. Join us for the NPR podcast that considers all the other things. That's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. These days, news comes at you fast. But the truth... Getting there takes time. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Embedded is a podcast that takes the time to look beyond the headlines. How how did this happen? How did we get here? With original documentary storytelling. Listen to NPR's Embedded wherever you get your podcasts.